Hello, Dan. Sorry. Uh, welcome to another instalment of the uh, Generic Football Show. Yeah. We are, I was going to say live, but we're not live because you're listening back to it inevitably. It's the closest we're going to get to live. Yeah. Though. We're together. Yeah. Yeah, which is nice. This is really nice. I get to see your face. I get to see yours too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, apologies for not having one last week. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of an inconvenience. My uh, wife decided to have our first baby. Yep. So, um, did you know about it? Nah, nah, I still think it's still think it's someone else's. But okay. Yeah, move on. Move on. Uh, <laughs> no, so yeah, we uh, we welcomed little Nate into the world. So uh but we're back this week. Welcome. We're Nate. back and we're committed. We're back. Yeah. <laughs> So um, let's get straight into it, man. Um, I was going to say big weekend of football. Um, and the only reason I say big weekend is because there was a North London derby. Yeah. And the last North London derby I went to, and it also finished in a draw. I thought Arsenal were going to win it. Uh, before I, the game, I thought Arsenal were going to win it. Because I completely forgot about how in- inept their defence was. Yeah. Their front three. I've got so much time for Lacazette. I've got so oh, much time for Lacazette. He's a brilliant striker. Like, um, and the two the two sort of pace merchants mm-hmm. by the side of him, which is probably a little bit of a disservice, to be honest, because they're both great players in their own yeah. right. Um, just, cause, just cause so many issues. Um, and it's the first time they've really played in a free, yeah. in a big game. So yeah. um, I thought that they would, when I looked at the team sheet, I thought that that was... Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think even I was listening to some... Like opinions before the game from various various sources, and it seemed like even Tottenham fans doubted themselves. Mm. They've haven't really hit full form yet this season, whereas Arsenal are looking good. Um, I think yeah, even Tottenham doubted themselves, and then in the first half, it kind of went against against everyone's expectation. Tottenham yeah. took the lead, went two 0 up, and when you go two 0 up in the first half, you kind of look on course to go on to. Mm. Give him a hammering. Thing is, is that, I mean, the penalty. Yeah. Um, what's Shaka doing? Uh, it's just, it's ridiculous. How are you? How can you think that that's a good idea to go that late in mm-hmm. in the box and not think that it's going to be a penalty? Like he was. It was like a, there's like it, it's like a signal delay. It was like he was delayed to everyone else. Do you think this is a problem with Arsenal in general? Because we saw. Even against Liverpool, um, who was it? David Luiz taking down Salah in the box. They just seem to like not have the necessary I don't discipline. Think it's a, I don't know if it's a sign of Arsenal. I just think it's a sign of them, them two players in, specific, in sort of specifically. Mm-hmm. You can normally always bet on Chaka to get a yellow card during a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Luiz, we know all about David Luiz. We know that he can be brilliant, mm. but in equal measures, he can be ridiculous. I, I saw a lot of... Twitter reaction saying that he's the worst signing of the season. At so, first we were saying £8 million is a bargain, but now we're saying £8 million is £8 million down the drain. But it's only four games in. Mm. This is the thing, like, I uh, I think Five Live was doing a doing a story on whether or not he was Arsenal's worst ever signing. 
which is ridiculous. How can mm. you decide that after four games? I think the thing is with Arsenal is that they really needed a centre-back, like a commanding centre-back, similar to how Liverpool signed Van Dijk and it changed everything. But isn't that Arsenal's fault? They waited until the last day of the window mm. and picked up someone that they know has mistakes in him. So even in that sense, that's an £8 million detriment to your team rather than but, an £8 million addition. But it's just, it, it's just you, you know what you're signing. Mm. This isn't like David Luiz turned up at the training ground and went, oh, by the way, I'm joining you. Mm. I've decided that I'm going to join you. They have made the process of, we want you, we're going to pay you X amount, mm. come and join us. Do you know what I mean? They knew exactly what they were doing. I don't know the ins and outs, but do you think Arsenal wanted him? Or do you think Chelsea offered him? Because it could have been like... It's, got, it's a two-way street though, isn't it? Mm. It's, it's like you now, if you offered me a drink and I didn't want it, I don't take it. But if I gave you at a price which undercuts the valuation, like if, if I offered you a wardrobe, for example, that's worth like £250, I gave you for £80, <laughs> would you take it? <laughs> it depends if I needed that wardrobe. <laughs> well, this is the thing, Arsenal thought they needed a defender and they thought oh, we can cut our losses rather than spending £80 million like Man United just did on a, a good centre-back. We can get a semi-good centre-back for £8 million. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, I hit there is going to be spells where David Luiz is going to look great. Mm -hmm. There is. You just have to take the rough with the smooth. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it was a good North London derby, I thought. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah. watching it. Um, but there, defensively, it's going to take another two free transfer windows before they get sorted. Kieran Tierney will, will do all right when he gets in. Yeah. When he gets fit. Um, and they've still got Hector Bellerin to come back. I know, again, it's only four games in, but judging on yesterday's game, are Arsenal and Tottenham still going to be third and fourth in the league? <sighs> it's a tough one, isn't it? Because I don't... It's like nobody wants that fourth spot. I know, mm -hmm. it's, And I know it's only four games in, but Chelsea, look... Dodgy. For those who can't see what I'm doing, I'm doing that thing where you hold your hand out with your palm facing the floor, and then you shake it from side to side. Yeah, yeah. Sort of. Like one of them. Like, look. It, it's yeah. like the hand movement for the sound. Mm, yeah. Um, United. Uh, bipolar. I don't think we are. Do you not? No. I think. Okay. Nice segue. Uh, Man United, this is my analysis anyway, we play better when we counter-attack. And against Chelsea, the reason why we scored so many goals against them is because we were in a position where we could counter-attack. And we get the best out of players like Rashford, Martial on the counter-attack. Against teams that we dominate, we don't score. There's something about the way we get forwards that it has to either be quick and we have to get in behind defenders. We can't pass through teams. I don't think you have a natural finisher. Yeah, I, I, watching the game yesterday, on Saturday, sorry, I largely feel like we shouldn't have got rid of Lukaku so fast. Yeah. Because we need someone who's going to be in the box, maybe even hold up play. You don't really look at Martial or Rashford as hold up players. I, I just, it, it, was, it was a damning indictment on both of them, mm -hmm. who, you know, Marcus Rashford is taking home a silly amount of money, you know, he's one mm -hmm. of England's most record, you know, recognised strikers, Martial, they're battling for that, for that, you know, that number nine spot. Mm -hmm. And Solskjaer has come out and said that they're both 
worse at finishing than Mason Greenwood, who's a 17-year-old, relatively unknown yeah. striker. Um, it's <sighs> we just can't play through teams, but but and we that, need to but play that's through an teams. Issue. But that's mm. a massive issue because how many teams realistically are you going to be able to play counter-attack against? That's it, man. I, I almost feel based on performances thus far this season, I fancy us against Tottenham, against Arsenal, against not City and Liverpool. That's a joke. But like maybe even like your Leicester. But teams like Norwich, I think we're going to struggle against. Teams like Crystal Palace we lost to. Southampton we drew against. Newcastle we'll probably struggle against. Then by that account, going back to Arsenal, I don't mm. see why they wouldn't be fourth. I can't see, mm. I can't see Spurs not being in the top four. Top mm. four. Um... I think that you know. I mean, re- really, really, that that's a good point for them mm-hmm. away at the away at the uh, uh, Emirates, and it's a. I think it's just like I said. It's so early into the season. Yeah. But there's just. I think I think the f- the top three last season will be the top three this season. Um, just going back to that uh, that North London derby. Yeah. Harry Kane has more front than Brighton Beach. More front than Katie Price. Oh, <laughs> um, For those younger viewers who don't know who Katie Price is, Google not in front of your parents. Yeah, don't Google it. Don't Google <laughs> it. It's not at work. Don't Google it. It's not safe. Um, I mean, he's in an interview with Jess Sheaves after the game mm-hmm. and sort of talking about, you know, his the foul on him in the box and how it should be a penalty. Mm-hmm. It's clearly a dive. Mm-hmm. He's clearly taken more than he... he he's, he's, he's taken a chance of it, hasn't he? And yeah, then he's yeah. sort of standing there and gone, yeah, well, you know, it's a tired tackle at the end of the game, isn't it? It's not. You've literally... You have, you have moved in front of him, jumped back with your ass, yeah. and tried to, tried to fall. With respect to Harry Kane, though, um, like being the devil's advocate... If he was to be honest and say, yeah, I dived, then he's still going to look like a fool. So he's in a catch-22 there. Like, has a player... The only player I've ever known to admit to diving is Drogba. And he got so much stick for it. So I kind of think, like, you admit to diving and get loads of stick, but you don't admit to it and get loads of stick for... Or just don't dive. Yeah. Or just don't dive. Like, it. it's just... Or do you know what I mean? Or even, even, and I'm not condoning diving, but do it so that it looks like it might actually be a foul. Well, this is a, this is a really interesting topic. Actually, I've been thinking about the concept of diving, the, the concept of doing something against the rules for the benefit of your team. Like considering, imagine the players throw on goal, and the only way to stop them scoring is to just take a foul for the team. Maybe whether it be take a red card, take a yellow card. That's largely seen as okay. Like, you'll take one for the team, that's acceptable. But what makes it so different from diving? You're doing something that is against the rules to benefit your team. Because... As a a smaller gangway as this is, diving Mm -hmm. is cheating. Whereas whereas a professional foul, I wouldn't class... It's unsportsmanlike, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it's cheating. Why? Because, I don't know what I... Here's one. When Luis Suarez in the World Cup, who was at Uruguay against Ghana, I think it was, and it was, the extra, it was extra time, I think Ghana had a shot at an open goal, Luis Suarez saved it with his hands on the line. 
many people saw that as cheating. He took one for the team and got his team into the semis or yeah. final. Yeah, I mean, that was, was cheating. But that's essentially just taking one for the team, isn't it? It, it is, but it's, it's different. What's different to that and like pulling someone's shirt to take one for the team? It's, there's levels though, isn't there? Don't you think? Do you not think that sort of like, because not just that, you are, You've got me. I think maybe, maybe. This is because it's an interesting one. As a fan, I don't like diving. I think diving shouldn't happen. But I've definitely dived a few times in my Sunday league career. Yeah. For the benefit of my team. Yeah. It's just, it's a cult. It's not. It's in the culture now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's in the culture. Like I believe that diving could be eradicated by VAR. VAR is a whole, a whole number. Yeah, yeah. Let's not <laughs> get into that. Let's not get into that. But I think it could be. I think mm-hmm. that that would, that could help eradicate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like maybe even if there was like a, a sin bin introduced for diving or something like that. So instead of you getting a yellow card, mm-hmm. you're off the pitch for 15 minutes. Interesting. Or something like that. That yeah. would be, that could be something that, that could be looked at because you're paining your team. Mm-hmm. Do you know I mean you're paining your team? Um, well, let's talk about like the diving incidents over the weekend. Obviously, Daniel James took another yellow card for diving in an incident that I didn't think was a dive. Um, he obviously has a reputation. There was another example where Jack Grealish... Jack Grealish's one was very interesting because he got also a yellow card for diving, but at no point did he look like he tried to dive. I mean, it's, it's a weird one. So he's been clipped. Mm-hmm. He has been clipped. He's taken three, four paces, and then he's gone, and then he's dropped. Mm-hmm. But in that time, he's passed to someone. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, I think it's quite interesting because, like, you associate diving with like an appeal yeah. thereafter. There was no appeal. Yeah. Jack Grealish was just playing the game, and essentially, essentially, he fell over and got booked for it. Yeah, and that, and which cost Villa a point. Yeah, which could be a costly point. Mm-hmm. You know, come the end of the season. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's where it's... The thing with this and, and VAR is that they don't seem to want to overturn rules. Yeah. Uh, they don't... Sorry, overturn decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, because it... You know, maybe because they're afraid that it'll make the referees look weak, possibly. I essentially thought that's what it was there for. I literally thought it was there to overturn decisions. Well, yeah, it, it is, isn't it? Mm. That's, that's what it is there for, but they don't seem to be really doing it they don't like, seem to be in an ideal world take the Jack Grealish incident he would go down get a yellow card then the ref would have something in his ear saying ah oh, you know what that wasn't a yellow card mm. come over here if you have to and see for yourself yeah. in an ideal world because now I don't know Jack Grealish or Aston Villa or whoever probably either get a fine or they're going to have to appeal it and it's just a whole a whole ball ache mm. and like you said it's cost Villa a point and it would be good to, for that to have been rectified in the, yeah. In the moment yeah no definitely um, but like I said, diving is a cultural thing now, and I, you, you're only going to stop it by giving out harsh punishments. Giving a yellow card mm-hmm. gives you everyone an opportunity to dive once in a game, mm-hmm. minimum. Yeah. Similar to like on an athletics track, one person does a false start, the whole team get a yellow card. Yeah. The whole, not team, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's it's one of them, but but yeah, um, I feel like we've gone on a bit of a tangent. Yeah, we have. Back to the football. <laughs> Um, 
I wanted to talk about Chelsea, just because they've they've been quite interesting thus far this season. They they only won one game, if I'm correct. They lay about 14th in the table, I believe. Um, given that they're Chelsea, surely they ought to be doing better. Are they underperforming? Sorry, they're 11th, not 14th. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think they're underperforming. Um, so I was, um, I watched the highlights on Match of the Day. Yeah. Um, to go 2 0 up against a promoted team at home. That's an expectation, surely. Well, it, it's an expectation that you shouldn't lose the lead. Mm-hmm. Um, my my favourite striker, Tammy Abraham. He's your favourite, <laughs> I know he's <laughs> I mean, how. I mean, I still don't think he's great. I mean, admittedly, I've put him put him in my fantasy football mm-hmm. team, but I am bottom of the league, so that says a lot. About yeah, him. yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. He's getting the goals though. Yeah, but is is he? Is you know we'll play this season, but when Chelsea get a get their transfer ban mm-hmm. uplifted, do you really think he's going to lead the line? Do you think he's good enough to to you know? Well, he is young and like. This is a similar thing we had with Raheem Sterling for a long time where the the conversation was that Sterling is not very good, but he continued scoring, getting assists. Yeah, but the difference is, is Sterling is being coached by the best manager in the world. You don't think that of Frank Lampard? I, I don't think that Frank Lampard is in the same league as Pep Guardiola. I don't think anyone is, to be fair. And I think that, oh, don't get me wrong, Frank's early in his managerial career mm-hmm. and he might well do something really good with Tammy, mm-hmm. but... I believe that Tammy Abraham, harsh as this may sound, is a very good championship striker. Mm-hmm. Bang average Premier League striker. And for Chelsea, you need more than a bang average striker. Mm-hmm. Um, took, his do- took his goals well, yeah. admittedly. Did take his goals well. And I might, you know, come the end of the season, he might make me eat my words. But mm-hmm. at the moment, I'm just not sure that... I, I'm, the only reason I feel like he's leading the line is because Chelsea have a transfer ban. Mm. I think I developed this idea on the last pod um, that young players tend to have this like small puppy-like syndrome. You know how you have a small puppy mm. that like only has a certain time limit worth of energy? They run about, they yap, then they just fall asleep. Mm. I feel like young players, particularly in English football, seem to have this problem where they can be incredible for the first half a little bit into the second half but then they start losing energy and that's when teams come back at them and I think maybe this has happened again Chelsea have put out the youngest team they ever had um, in the last game against Sheffield United and went 2-0 up with all that energy and then lost energy and allowed Sheffield United to come back into the game do you think young players is the problem that Chelsea have? Uh, Maybe a bit of naivety Mm mm-hmm Maybe a bit of naivety in their play, but they've still got players that are, you know, like Aspilicueta. Mm-hmm. Like... Um, Kovacic is... Kovacic, yeah. You sure know, enough, surely. Yeah, I mean, he's played for some big teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember who... Who else is above Ross 22? I'll tell you what, Ross Barkley. Is he a young player anymore? No, he's not. Mm-hmm. And I really like Ross Barkley. And I think what he's doing now mm-hmm. is better than what he was doing for Everton. And yeah. I think he's going to be a massive player for Chelsea. Mm-hmm. I think the way he links up play yeah. is is sort of overlooked in that Chelsea side. Okay. And I think he's one of their most important players now. Okay. Um, but he, you know, 
there's a few old heads in there. Well, not old heads, but there's a few heads in there that... You look at and think you're in your prime. You've got the necessary amount of or, or, experience. Or just the upper class as being senior. Yeah. Okay. Which I think is big. Yeah. I think it's big. Do you know what I mean? For all these players that were on, like, don't get me wrong, like, they had... Um, so, like, you've got Tamori and Mount and Abraham, and they were all championship players last season. Mm-hmm. And they're the, that's the spine of the team. Like... Mm-hmm. And you're trying to go from championship, and don't get me wrong, they played, they all played well in the championship, and the championship's mm-hmm. a good standard. Mm-hmm. But then you're trying to up your game to become where Chelsea want to go, when they want to get into the Champions League, and they want to, they want to get a, you know, as close to the Premier League as possible. And I know that they've got a transfer ban and things like that, but I don't, they, they can't, I don't feel like they can press mm-hmm. on with these achievements and these targets if. They don't improve on the spine when they do, and it's going to be tough to improve on the spine mm-hmm. if they don't get elite football. Yeah, and do you know what I mean? And even if you look down at the goalkeeper, yeah, I'm not a massive fan of Kepper. I'm not really rating. Like he doesn't bring. He is like you mentioned the word naive before, and maybe twenty-four year old as a goalkeeper is very young. Like goalkeepers don't tend to hit their prime until they're like. 30 maybe I yeah. feel like goalkeepers prime slightly later than mm. the average yeah. outfield players um, but all of saying this it, mm. I don't want to take anything away from Sheffield mm. United because that's a great point yeah that's a great point and Chris Wilder's doing dreams there I think they set up well there, there's there's a real like heart about Sheffield United tenacity isn't there yeah like, but you can I mean, see it in the fans and the players and the way they interact when they score. It's like first half they were. Mm-hmm. I thought they were rubbish first half. I thought mm-hmm. you could tell that there was a, a bit of a gap. Yeah. Um, but second half they come out and they pressed and they sort of. It was almost like they forgot who they were facing. It was like first half we'll give them a bit of respect. They're Chelsea, the Stamford mm-hmm. Bridge. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Now it's Sheffield United. Um, no, it's Sheffield United. You know. Premier League team second half. Yeah. We're going to attack you. We're going to try and get something from this game. Yeah, definitely. It's really good. And, yeah, yeah. And it was only from a, I mean, it was a Kurt Zomer own goal that sort of, that sort of um, gave him the point. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I wanted to move on to um, because, so after the game, uh, Kurt Zomer was getting racially abused on social media mm-hmm. because of, the mistake, which I wouldn't... I mean, he, he scored an own goal, but it wasn't a... Ridic- it wasn't a bad own no, goal. No, it wasn't, it wasn't ridiculous. You yeah. know what I mean? He's tried to stick a foot in, it's hit him, mm-hmm. gone in. Yeah. But this is the fourth player in four weeks now mm-hmm. that's been racially abused on social media. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't help but feel like, as bad as it is to say, it almost feels like it's a trend mm-hmm. now that you just pick on the next, you know, ethnic mm-hmm. minority player that is, you know, that is seen to have done something wrong. Paul yeah. Pogba yeah. missing a penalty. Rashford missing a penalty. Kurt Zuma scoring an own goal. Tammy Abraham missing a penalty. Tammy Abraham missing a penalty. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, you can't, where does it, where's, where's the line end? Like, mm. what, what needs to happen? Because it, it just seems like this is part of It'd be wrong to say a fashion statement, but that's mm. how it feels. Because it feels as though mm. it's now to the point where you 
I'm not, I'm not shocked by it now. Mm-hmm. I'm not shocked by it. Like when it said Kurt Zuma, I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. Because it's just, it's happened so frequently now. Mm-hmm. It's getting worse. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's real, it's real bizarre to me that it's getting worse because of how much racism in football is being spoken about and mm-hmm. racism in general is being spoken about. Well, this is it. I think um, it's a bit of a chicken and an egg thing. I'm not sure if football is a representative of society or society is like fed by football and football fans. But I, I kind of strongly believe that football is like the working class man's sport. So it's the sport that ultimately unites the country, like communities surround football as a sport. Um, and I think the problem is these same communities um, are in a situation in this country where the authorization of each other is is really become apparent with politics, which I won't get into, but you know, there's definitely a a notion that we recognize, we're starting to recognize more our differences between people within the society yeah. as well yeah. as outside of the society. And I think that's that's being picked up by football fans as well, unfortunately. We're starting to pay too much attention to what makes us different as opposed to what actually makes us similar. And do you think, um, because me and you have had a chat about this before, Mm -hmm. um, do you think that, on a separate note, with Berry, sort of obviously everything that's happened with them, Mm -hmm. um, that's a community-driven thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Like, because they're a small club, Mm-hmm. You know, they get four, three, four thousand fans a game. Mm. Um, and like you said, football clubs build a community. Absolutely, yeah. And that community has just been expelled from the Football League, which is huge. Yeah. It's the first team to have done it since, oh, I can't remember who it was, but it was it was like mm. nearly 80 odd years ago, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, where do we, where do they go from there? Because that's... Well, this is... This is one thing I think that the government in general should recognise, that football is such an integral part of community. And when I say community, we have to remember that the sense of belonging in community is one of the basic ingredients to happiness. So it's one of the things we absolutely need, more so than money, more so than like um, relationships and family. Well, I mean, it ties into relationships, but community is so important. I think there should be some sort of government notion in place to ensure that football teams are stable and there should be more done when it comes to say foreign investment um there's so many kind of chairmen's buying clubs that aren't really considering the community that surrounds the club i think more needs to be done to acknowledge that if you're buying a club you need to respect the community that surrounds it you need to make sure you have the funds in place there needs to be more i I personally think this is a wild statement but i think there needs to be more government initiations to ensure Mm. I mean, I agree. They with have you. it in Germany. Yeah, I mean, I mm-hmm. I agree with you. I, I know, I know from the reports that I've read that Bury have spent beyond their means, mm-hmm. and this is part of the reason why. Um, and I think that the the government initiation that you're talking about is almost like the EFL's fit and proper person test mm-hmm. that doesn't actually seem to be working. Yeah. Um, I quite honestly can say that. I hope that it gets rescinded. I have mm-hmm. heard that, you know, I've heard sort of in media outlets that mm-hmm. there's a consortium that wants to buy Berry and, you know, wants the Football League to reinstate them. You know, mm-hmm. it's only been a couple of days. Yeah. Um, which I really hope happens because I think it would be a massive shame. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a massive shame. 
but um, but I think you're right. I think communities and football come together. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you you meet someone new, you don't, you know, you you've never met them before. Mm. Football is always going to be a, a talking point. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, ninety five percent of the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that if we can improve communities and we can improve like the the feeling around it hopefully this can stop like the racism going yeah. back to that and it and it it's almost like a a coming together of yeah. of minds yeah yeah i think there's like a there's a war going on between money and community mm. almost it feels like you know we love as fans we love football because of the community that surrounds it um we love playing football because it like brings community etc but too often in wider society, people with lots of money come in, buy things and like do things that have a huge effect on the things we love, such as football. And it affects the community around it. And, and it's it. almost like they, they work against each other mm. instead of for each yeah. other. But I think that's because there's a lot of outside influence, isn't there? There's a mm-hmm. lot of people from outside of the community mm-hmm. that don't know. You know, people are coming in, buying them like their toys. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like a little show yeah. pony. Yeah. And... This is part of someone's community. This um, is and this is people's lives. Yeah, man. there's probably people who have dedicated their life to Bury. It's mm-hmm. part of their like, you know, their whole family at the weekend goes well, to the game. Whatever. Even the players, even the players and the staff. I think I read somewhere mm. that the Bury captain's going to have to sell his house. Wow! Like, how do you? But you know, hopefully something can get sorted. But I sincerely hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Our best wishes to Bury. Yeah. <laughs> We haven't spoken about City or Liverpool, who both won pretty convincingly. I'm really... They didn't really break expectations. I'm really pleased with the win at Turf Moor. Yeah, that, I mean, Burnley is a difficult club to play against, yeah. I firmly feel. And I think that getting a clean sheet there with a team that's been defensively a bit naive this season, mm-hmm. I think it's a fantastic result. Yeah, um, definitely, yeah. You know, Ashley Barnes is scoring scoring goals at the moment and he he you know he wasn't able to do much. Yeah. Chris Wood got a goal. Own goal. Well done. Was in all sorts then. <laughs> yeah. Um but like it's it's a testament to our defence, but it's also a massive testament to Fabinho, who I think has been unbelievable yeah. since the turn of the year. Yeah definitely. And I think has is right in that argument for the you know best defensive mid in the league. The forward balls he plays, I think, are like really killer, especially when you have got like attacking players like Mane and Salah mm. in particular, who are always looking to get in behind. That's it. Um, Fabinho provides that service to them. Yeah. Greatly, Mane and Salah are two players I really want to talk about. Yeah. Um, also, Fabinho got man of the match. Excellent player. I don't think that there's much bad things I can say. Any bad thing I can say about Fabinho. There is a huge bad thing I can say about Salah at present, however. Um, and I'm going to talk first as the unbiased, maybe a little bit biased in a negative way towards Liverpool players. But I don't know if Salah has become complacent of recent after all the like accolades and achievements he's had over the last two seasons. I don't know if it's complacency, if it's like a kind of competitiveness between him and his fellow strikers. But there's something about Salah, he's become overly greedy I'm led to think maybe he's always been this greedy but normally he scores so it's okay 
But definitely, it really showed in the game against Burnley how little he wanted to bring his other striking partners in. What do you make of Salah's? He's been like it for ages. Really? Been like it for ages, yeah. Oh. I, I mean, it pot shots from 30 yards out when he could have tried to play in other people or yeah. take the easy pass. Um, it The one that got me, I thought, the one that was an, was an even better chance to pass was the one to Firmino. Yeah. Where he's checked back onto his right foot and hit a tame shot from about 18 yards out that's just rolled to the keeper. And Firmino was literally... He was in. It was a, it yeah, was a yeah. straight pass. Um, I think it's a good thing that Mane's acted like that because I think it's happened for so much, so so long now yeah. that something might happen. Yeah. Something might happen with it, and it's and it's not a bad thing that mm-hmm. he was that he was annoyed. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I I think that it's he's passionate. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's it. And he wants what's best for the team. Yeah. And how many times does he slot Salah in? Exactly. How many times yeah. does Firmino slot Salah in? It's I look at Salah and I think if he hasn't scored in that first half, mm-hmm. he is going to do everything he can to try and score in the second half. Yeah. That's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. If Salah hasn't scored, you can, you can normally tell that he's taken a good six shots when he shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't get me wrong, his scoring record and his assist record is amazing. I think it's like, like every one in two he'll assist or he'll score. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he has been phenomenal since he's joined us. But, and again, me and you had this discussion earlier. Mm-hmm. Of that front three, the one that I would get rid of first, although it's a tough choice, is Salah. Yeah, yeah, I firmly believe that. Over the towards the end of the last season as well, I think Mane really came into his own. And I mean, my fantasy football team reflected that I would rather have Mane in than Salah towards mm. the end of last season, and I probably would continue that way yeah. this season. And I, and I think that Firmino is the best footballer we have. Yeah, I, I just think he, he really is. As an as a footballer, I think he's unbelievable. Mm. Such a good brain. He's got flair. He, you know, he knows where the goal is. He you know, doesn't skillful holds the ball up. Doesn't score masses. Doesn't score. You know, it's not. You know, Salah yeah. Romano will score more than him, but he really doesn't need to. He doesn't. He doesn't. Mm. He brings so much to that team, and you can tell when he's not playing mm-hmm. how much we miss him. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's a massive win. And it puts us top of the tree going into the international break. Yeah. Four wins from four. Can't ask for any more. Yeah. As with Man City as well. I mean, they got a draw against Tottenham this season. But other than that, they've been pretty mm. 100%. Um, it, it just definitely seems like we've said this so much, but more and more, it seems like the divide between Man City and Liverpool and the rest of the league is just growing. It's startling, isn't it? Like... We were talking earlier about who's going to finish third and fourth. And it seems like no one wants it. It seems like the gap is probably going to be even bigger this season between those top two and the rest of the clan. It, like I said, it is only four games in, but at the moment I've not seen anything from anyone else mm-hmm. that makes me think, oh, oh, we're struggling. Mm. We're struggling here. Like, us and Man City seem like we're far and away the best teams. Mm-hmm. Um Tottenham are the closest one, closest challenges to us. And they've got nothing on both of you, I and, personally believe. And then Chelsea, Arsenal and Man United are struggling behind. Mm-hmm. And I think that more teams will join that group. Mm-hmm. I think more teams will join Chelsea, Man United and Arsenal. Like Leicester. Like Leicester. I thought Wolves might have been that yeah. team this season. Um, Everton have the potential. 
West Ham have got players. Yeah, but uh, I, I just think they're a bit iffy. I think mm. that you don't know what you're going to get with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Everton, but I just think Everton might be a little bit more reliable. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, personally, as long as... I'm quite interested in this idea of... I mean, I don't watch anymore, but I used to watch a lot of NBA back in the day. And what I quite liked about NBA is that, like, because of, like, the draft and the team that finished, like, bottom, get the first pick, it meant that every season the the best teams would... Well, the gap between the best teams and the worst teams would always shrink. And so almost a different team every season yep. would, like, win the league. I'm worried that the Premier League could similar to like maybe the German league or even the French league of recent could turn into the type of league where the best and the worst get more and more displaced in quality. Cause if you're the best, obviously you take all the, all the money from like winning, etc. So you have a bigger budget, you buy the best players and you just get better and better and better. You say that, but we won the champions league and come second and mm-hmm. we've bought no one of any note. Even then you haven't needed to, but I think you should always strengthen. I, I guess what I was going to say is, would it be interesting? It's probably never going to happen, but wouldn't it be interesting if the winnings or like more money was given to the teams that are more likely to struggle to make it more competitive? Should something be in place to make football more competitive? See, I think it's still a very competitive league. Um, in the sense of, I still think anyone can really beat anyone. I, I think over the course of a season, two teams stand out. I mean, Liverpool, Man City are going to win the league. Yeah. Without doubt. But I think it's quite, apart from them two, it's a pretty close league, don't you think? It's not, I don't think it's like, because beforehand you had the top four. But when I say competitive, four. we I mean like a variation of teams could win. Mm. And we're, from four games in, we're saying, only two teams can win. Yeah. That's not very competitive. But that's, how it's been with Spain. that's how it's been in Spain for the last how many years? Well, I suppose Atletico as well. well maybe something should be built there as well. Maybe you, we should give uh, Villarreal 200 million. 200 million. <laughs> and give Barcelona 10 million. The thing is, it looks, <laughs> it's difficult for me because I'm enjoying it at the moment. Of course <laughs> so, not. So yeah. it's kind of like, for me, this is the first time where we've actually been pretty decent for I mean, a 20 sustainable years ago, amount of years. 20 yeah. years ago when Man United were winning everything, I definitely don't think. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I'm probably going to say, no, nah, keep it like it is. Yeah, of course you would. <laughs> um, I think this all this also kind of ties into going back to the Buckberry situation. I think one of the reasons why they overspent is because, you know, getting promoted means more money, means et cetera, et cetera. And so they took that risk and it didn't pay off. Of course. Quite literally didn't pay of off. Of course. The only thing I don't agree with with Barry is that people are saying that United and City and the local clubs, the local big clubs should try and bail them out. Why don't you agree with that? I think that's a great idea. Well, Man City for the last four years has been hosting Barry's training. Okay. They kicked Barry out because Barry mistreated their... I didn't know this. Yeah, mm-hmm. their... Um, their changing facility. rooms and their, yeah, their, mm-hmm. their training facilities. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, this is as far as I know. And it's like, you, you run a business, right? You, yeah. You're Tesco. You run a business. Okay. I'm a corner shop. Yeah. Right? I, yeah, you're a corner shop. <laughs> I overspend. Yeah. Right? I overspend and um, 
nothing sells. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got no income. I'm I'm going to lose everything, right? Yeah. Would Tesco come and save me? Yes, but what Tesco would do is they would save you on the condition you become a Tesco Extra or but, Tesco but, Metro or whatever. But, I mean, even that's so highly unlikely. So what if Man City bail out Burry on the condition that they become Man City B? That's awful. That isn't. That <laughs> I, I think that I think Burry fans would rather them go it come try and come back through the leagues and be a Man City B. I could see it happening. I could, or maybe like they call themselves Burry City and have to wear a sky blue jersey. Oh no! So it's I, basically I think, Man City. But branding. that goes all against tradition, doesn't it? it goes all against tradition and and about communities and all that type of stuff. And that that's where mm-hmm. money mm-hmm. is exactly what you said earlier. That's where money comes into it. Yeah. And ruins it. I, I do agree. It's an interesting one because that already happened yeah. in some... Barcelona B play competitive football in a league, mm. a few leagues below yeah. Barcelona. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But I don't think it's Man United and Man City's... It's not interesting. I, I, I'm not, not in their... Not, not in their... You know, it's not, it's not in their interest. It's just that they shouldn't have to. They shouldn't have to do it. This is this was this was very. Uh, this is Steve Dale's fault. Mm-hmm. This is Steve Dale's fault. He's come in, he's ruined the club. Yeah. Thus forth, he should be the one that's fixing it. Mm-hmm. Or he should find people that can come in, and and fix it. Do you know what I mean? Get mm-hmm. a takeover. Sign off a takeover. But keep because what happens then if four more teams? Mm-hmm go into administration and then they need to bail them out you get a Chelsea B yeah you get an Arsenal B and then then it goes to like a a Man City D and a Man City E and and when does it stop yeah do you know what I mean it's I get that the the football pyramid is not the money that's going through it isn't isn't sort of well balanced enough it's becoming more isosceles yes cheers elongated yes I love that love that for all the kids out there, yeah, research uh, sausage. <laughs> you can do that one in front of your parents. It's yeah, not the same can. as Katie Price. Um, and she's more spherical. She... <laughs> <laughs> Katie, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's actually a big fan. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's down to them to to mm. do it. I don't think it's down to them. Um, but talking to Man City and going back to their their game. 4-0? I mean... 3-1, sorry. Wait. That's 4-0. That's 4-0. Four, four, yeah, that's yeah, 4-0. Okay. Like, I was shocked to see that Aguero had scored as many goals as Sterling. So Aguero has scored in every game so far this season. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. They just, they just score for fun. It's just ridiculous. They score so much we don't pay attention. I think Laporte, I think his injury is going to be huge because I think he'll be out for a while. I said this at first, but then I really thought about it and thought, is it really going to matter? I think it will. I think it's one of them. I mean, they, they'll put, they might put Fernandinho in, but he's not a, he's not a centre-back. Mm-hmm. Um, Stones and Otamendi. I mean, yeah, but Guardiola doesn't trust them enough to play them. How, when's the last time Stones really played for Man City consistently? Otamendi always has a mistake in him. Mm-hmm. I think that we'll... Even uh, then, I don't think Man City are on the back foot enough to worry so much about their defence. No, they're not. They but really dominate the hell out of games. They, they do, but at the same time, it only takes for them to face a big team. You know, 
like come, a Man United. Go against, you know, in a Manchester derby or Liverpool, or just to put a little bit of pressure on and just see if there's any cracks showing. I fancy Man United against Man City. Yeah. I think if they're weak at the back and we can counter-attack, that's like they were going to dominate. They'll have 70% possession. But if we get a couple of chances that Rashford can run onto, Martial can run onto, I fancy us. As long as we can keep them out, which I'm not sure we can. Maguire's a good centre-back, though, man. It's five past two. When did you start drinking? <laughs> no, I do, I do fancy. Man United are probably the only team. I'm not, well, Man United and Liverpool, maybe Arsenal, are the only teams I fancy potentially getting something at City based on counter-attacks. Well, like, counter-attacks like, like Tottenham done. Tottenham aren't that counter-attacking team, though. Yeah, but City were all over them. But if, if Harry Kane was fast or Lucas Moura played earlier on, I saw Tottenham maybe getting that win. Speaking of Tottenham, actually, this is on a complete tangent. Has Deli Ali fell off? He's injured, wasn't he? Is he ever going to return to form? I don't know. I don't know. It was his first game back, wasn't it? Mm. We'd just gone, so maybe. But even before his injury, I didn't think yeah. it was that good. I mean... I don't know. He's probably still in the England squad, isn't he? I don't know. Probably. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. With Delhi, it's difficult, isn't it? Because sometimes he can be decent, sometimes he can be terrible. I think it's just... I'm not... I'm, I'm, I was a massive fan of his. I don't think I am anymore. No. Tell you who I am a massive fan of at the moment, though. Jamie Vardy. Oh! Did you see... Did you see... The his, goal? Yeah. Yeah, it reminded me of the goal he scored against Liverpool a few years ago. Yeah, thanks for that. He's brilliant. Thanks for that. He's so brilliant. And so, so I thought he'd done really well, but I paid a bit of attention to that. And I beg your pardon for how I'm going to pronounce this. Soyonchu? Soyonchu? The Harry Maguire. Uh, oh, the replacement. replacement. Yeah, yeah. So that Leicester didn't spend any money on because he was already at the club. Floppy hair. Yes. Flops a lot. I think that he's all right. I think that he's all right. And Leicester have decided not to sign anyone because they were getting overpriced, overinflated prices. Mm -hmm. Bearing in mind that they got an overinflated price for Harry Maguire because he's never worth 80 million. Mm -hmm. Never Never in my life is he worth 80 million. But, you know, like Lewis Dunk thereafter from Brighton and they wanted 45 million for him. And and they just brought the... Put this lad in, this Turkish lad in. Mm-hmm. I think he's Turkish. Turkish, isn't he? I don't know where he's from. Oh, well, we'll just edit that out if he's not Turkish. <laughs> um, and he is, he seems to be doing the business. He seems to be doing all right. And it, it kind of makes me think that... He is Turkish. How? Yeah, don't need to edit that out. Boom. <laughs> um, it kind of makes me think that how well Leicester have done. Because they've got 80 million for a centre-back that, at this point in time, they don't look like they're massively missing. Mm. And I don't think he's been as commanding for, for Man United as what everyone thought he would be. Mm. Yeah. And so it's a bit of a masterstroke from Leicester because they realised that they were, hitting, they were in an overinflated market because everyone knew how much they had and they didn't panic. And I think that, that is, that's quite a rarity. I think they're not over- panicking. I think from the, the top to bottom, Leicester are just a great club. Yeah. I think they're just, their whole infrastructure, their youth system seems to work. 
Brendan Rodgers is a great manager. Um, they do good business. Ever since they won the league, they've, I think they've kept it pretty well. They've yeah. kept it pretty good. Like, to be fair, no one expected them to win the league again and again or even be in the top four no. every year. But they kept themselves in a good enough position. Yeah. Um, I've got so much time for Leicester. Yeah, see, I really like Leicester. They've got some, like, James Madison, yeah. Yuri Tielemans, who should have been sent off, by the way. Yeah, I, 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 agree. I personally think so. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I think that it was it was late. It was high. I think that you wouldn't have been shocked if he would have got a red card for that. This is what VAR should come in to play with. I mean, the only thing is, is is it a clear and obvious mistake? Uh, you know what? Clear and obvious. I thought the whole point in VAR is to identify whether something is clear and obvious. Yeah. It shouldn't be clear and obvious before VAR. VAR is there to make it clear and obvious. Yeah. I, the whole point to me in VAR is that like something's a bit suspect, so let's look at VAR. Yeah. Now it's clear and obvious. It's, it it's a rev- like it's a review process. Mm-hmm. That's what it, that's what it should be. Yeah. Um, rather than it being like, no, I think that was fine. Yeah. No, I think that was fine. Just carry on. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, it's a good result for them. Bournemouth for Bournemouth. <laughs> They just they, they turn up when they want. Are they underperforming, or is that just Bournemouth? I do think that's Bournemouth. I don't actually think that there's because I think I, they're I think they're top half. I think they've got Club. some really good players, but I think the issue with Bournemouth is is you don't know what they're going to do from one week to the next. Mm. So I mean, yeah, they're sore. It's the um, the Bourne ultimatum. Do you like that one? Oh no, is that good? Is that a pookie pun? That was a pookie pun. Yeah, yeah pookie pun. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, 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 anything else? Um, shout out to uh, Andre, are you? Not Andre, are you? Wrong, wrong, are you? Jordan, are you are sure? You? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Are you sure? Uh, Jordan, are you? Yeah, two goals in two. Never he's thought, looked really impressive. Never thought me? I'd see the day that Jordan, are you, scored two and two. It's about time. He's been, you know what? I've felt for a long time that he's been disappointing in terms of like that's, you look at that's him, polite isn't it yeah you look at him and you think you have all the potential to be a great player and you just oh I don't know about that you just that's waste strong. it not great player but I mean like Jesus Christ he plays way below his capability I don't know I think he's been playing at that capability that level for so long I feel that that is his capability even for his country like he just he lets him down a bit yeah um, he's no he's no Asamo Jean is he no oh what a player Guan what I used to call him Asmael Guan. <laughs> <laughs> then it was like Guan, isn't it? Asmael Guan. Jean? Is it Jean? Guyan? I thought, it, I literally thought it was Guan. <laughs> Asmael Guan. All right. Okay. All right. If someone could just give us a little shout on what, how to pronounce his name, that'd be great. Yeah, shout out, are you? Uh, no, Jean. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, I mean there's nothing else that really I mean Norwich West Ham Newcastle Watford the first um, relegation battle six pointer of the weekend Watford you think what what because they're because they've started so badly yeah I mean I don't think they're in any danger of being relegated but you don't think no no I don't I really don't they're bottom of the table with one point then yeah but it's four games if the season ended now I mean I'd like the season to end now but there's only four games in. Well, let's work this out. If they continue 
with this run of form. So if we use these four games as an average, by the end of the season, they'll finish with 10 points. <sighs> if on average, they get a point every four games. Right here, right now, I will bet you that, top, that Watford finish with more than 10 points. I mean, I think they'll finish with more than 10 points too. But Pointless what, stat of the year. What yeah. I'm saying is based on... <laughs> Four games is enough to deduce an average. To deduce, yeah. Um, considering in those four games they've played, who they played, they played Newcastle, which is a game they probably could win. I'm desperately trying to find the games they've played. <laughs> <laughs> I can't quite remember. <laughs> but I do know they've played in some games that they could have won. Yeah, I mean, your analysis is top draw. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so Watford have played in. Let's have a look. Watford have played... West Ham. Mm-hmm. Which last year they would have won. Um, Everton. That's a winnable game for Watford, surely. And Brighton. That's definitely a winnable yeah. game for Watford. Yep. So based on that, like they haven't even played any of the top six clubs. No. And they've only taken a point. Yep. I think that's enough to say their potential no, relegation battles. I mean, it's, there's always potential. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they will. I don't think they will be relegated. Is what I'm saying. I don't, whether or not they're in a battle is different. I just don't think they will be relegated. Okay. Um, As for Newcastle, who have a few more points than Watford, but still not that many. Yeah, I'm not too. I, I, I still think Newcastle would be safe, and I'm only I'm saying that because I stuck my neck out on them at the first pod. Okay. So yeah, I'm going for that. So while we're here, uh, do we still think? That, uh, well, who were your relegation? I can't remember what I said. I think I said Norwich. We said Brighton. Norwich, I'm, I'm sort of turning the table on a bit. No, see, I'm still going with Norwich. You still think they're going to get yeah, relegated? Because I really like their expansive football. Mm-hmm. I do. And I love, the, love how exciting they are. And I just I think it's real refreshing to see mm. a team coming up and playing expansive football and, mm-hmm. and not, not really worrying about defending, you know, parking the bus. Mm-hmm. But I think that's going to cost them. I mean, I mean, they've let in how many? In I need to try and work out how many goals they've let in. in. But you know what? As much as they've let in a lot of goals, sometimes you got a Tim Krul to be kind. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for that one. That was my pookie fun. I just remembered it. <laughs> that is awful. Got a Tim Krul to be kind. How does that even make sense? <laughs> He's a good keeper. How does that even make sense <laughs> in what we're saying? <laughs> I'm sorry for He's him. Saved I'm a so lot. sorry for him. You got Tim Krul to be kind. I thought so that was really good. In Norwich in four games have let in five, eight, ten goals. Yeah. That's quite it's quite a lot. It's quite a lot. They haven't it's a difficult one though, because the, I think it's safe to say they haven't actually played too badly. No. And they have played Nor they have played Liverpool and Chelsea in that time. Yeah. But still, I just think that it's quite an expansive way of playing and mm. they, they do need to, as much as I love it, I still think they need to shore up their defence a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going Norwich. Did we both say Brighton? We both said Brighton, yeah. Um, I still think Brighton don't have enough. N- no, and I'm still going to go Sheffield United as well. Yeah, I think I, I agree with Sheffield United. Wolves seem to be down there at the moment. I don't know what's going on. Maybe they're distracted by Europa League, but they have far too much quality to be yeah, in relegation. Yeah, I'm not worried about them at all. No. Um, as with Bournemouth, I think they'll be okay. Burnley... 
I, I quite like Burnley as a club. I think they might be bottom half, but I think they'll be fine. Yeah. Other than that, you know, Crystal Palace, I don't know how they managed to have seven points. To be fair, they've won their last two games. Um, yeah, it's a struggle. I don't really know what to think of them. Also, Dan, today is the end of the European transfer window. It is. And Zahar's still at Crystal Palace. He is. Um, I did see, though, I did see, yep. random transfer, that Henrik Mkhitaryan is on his way to Roma on a season-long loan. Really? Yep. And you did Oh, see- guess who else has gone to Roma? Chris Smalling. Chris Smalling. Well, sorry, Mike Smalling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mike Smalling's gone. Oh. There is... Um, Appalling Smalling. Appalling Smalling. I'm not sure if we should have got rid of Chris Smalling or Phil Jones. I don't know why Phil Jones is still there. The fact that you've got both is amazing to me. Oh, it's unbelievable. Um, so, Roma will pay, a f- according to reports... Matteo Damian's also gone to that's Parma. Gonna, that's going to be a big miss. That's going to be a massive miss for you. Alexis Sanchez, even though we're paying most of his wages. Yeah, I read that you're paying 215 grand a week. To not have him. To not have him. Mo Salah's on 200. <laughs> 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 that's just terrible business I like it Man United that is just absolutely dreadful business but yeah so I mean I, I don't think Neymar's going to move now um, so what do you do with Neymar a player who very clearly does not want to be at your club but you still have him is he going to play for PSG this season yes yes of course he will he has to like how much they pay him a week, mm-hmm. how much they paid for him and his talent. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll play. This will be his last season, but... Yeah. Keylor Navas is going to PSG. That's a decent buy, I think. Yeah, they're swapping... It. It's a swap for... Ariola, the nipple that plays for uh, <laughs> PSG. <laughs> he should have gone to... Um... Napoli. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Naples. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or is it Juventus in Naples? No. That's in Turin. Ah. Oh, you're very t- tuned in, Turin. <laughs> right, right. Thank you very much for the episode. <laughs> we'll catch you next week, guys. <laughs>